All right. Peace, everyone. Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. I'm your host, Piper Carter. We're on the Detroit is Different podcast network. Go ahead right away. Like, share, subscribe. We're on YouTube. Let your friends know. And guess what? This is a very, 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 very special edition because we have a Detroit legend in the building, original Detroit hip hop legend. And so I'm just very honored and blessed and excited to bring you the one, the only in Jerry Earth. Peace. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Let's just say right away, you have a new podcast. Um, yep. Let's let folks know about this podcast because it's a very important podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the Mother Tongue Show. Uh, is a podcast that pretty much I've decided during the pandemic is when I decided to um, come up with a podcast. It hasn't, you know, started yet. I just started like a preview episode. So it's going to be coming soon, but it's revolving around women in hip hop and um, pretty much just giving credit, just giving credit to the lady MCs that I grew up listening to, the ones that paved the way. Um, the sisters who have are underground, who don't get the shine, don't get the notoriety, don't get the recognition. And, um, you know, just the opportunity for women in hip hop to have our own platform, uh, which I'm very grateful, you know, for years you have been doing that, you know, uh, spotlighting women in hip hop. And just to be able to have another outlet, you know, I, I figure that's a beautiful thing to do. So. It's going to be coming soon. It's, it's in the works still, but hopefully I can get some of the brightest and the best ladies that we listen to coming up. Um, you know, MCs from different countries locally and just have sisters get on there and, you know, speak their piece, speak how they feel, listen to some of their music and keep it going for the ladies. So we definitely um, will be some of your biggest supporters. We definitely going to be um, whatever support you need in any capacity. You know, our whole team is 100 percent with you and just so grateful that you're doing this platform and that it's you that's doing this platform. You know what I'm saying? Like someone who is of the culture, knows the culture. And I love your promo because you're like, no whack MCs. No, no yeah. pole sliding, you know, yeah. <laughs> no pole sliding. No, I don't want to say the word, but. Yeah, I got you. Doing that. It's only going to be conscious ladies, women with a message, women with a purpose. Um, you know, it's too much of that other stuff that's all up in my face all the time. So we need an outlet for, you know, the real, for the real, for the truth. Yeah. And so just want to acknowledge um, Book Brown is in the building and say what's up to you in the chat. Well, and, well, um, who else? Oh, it says uh, Knowledge um, Infinite. Um, 71 is in the building. Say what's up to you in the uh, chat. Okay, so just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, so let's get into it. You know, you are, I mean, when we think of Detroit hip hop, if I say injury earth to anybody that knows about um, Detroit hip hop, immediately, like, they, they stop and salute. You know, they give respect. Um, your lyricism, you know, your concepts, 
um, your originality. You know, they respect your creativity. We respect your creativity. I mean, just everything that you bring. So just want to give you that like right off the bat so folks know because there might be some newbies, you know. I appreciate it. I really do. It's it's an honor to, you know, especially with, uh, you know, like we were talking before we went live to have the younger generation, generation, uh, what, Z? Is that what it is? Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I knew after X, I think we're generation X. I know, I think I'm mm -hmm. Yeah. That I lost count, like Z, and then I don't know why, I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. But to have younger generations of people who, they like, yo, you, you, you know, you got some flame, you got some flow, I like what you're doing. That's very inspiring because, you know, you think after a point in time when you hear all the music that's playing on the radio now, you listen to it. And, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I've listened to some of the styles of rap that are out now. And I'm like, you know, that's cool. And I've tried, you know, I've sat to myself. I've tried to do those newer styles of rap. And it's not that I can't do it, but I just, it's not in me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like part of my natural rhythm. So sometimes when I do my my rhymes, I'll be thinking, I know young people hear me and they like, oh, here she go with that old, you know, <laughs> that old school hip hop flow. But for young folks to appreciate it and, and grasp it, that's like golden right there. Let me just say that you don't have an old school hip hop flow. Like back in the day, you had a future flow. And so the beats and stuff, because I went back and re-listened to all like every single one of your songs like I did 100% of your past projects yeah. and I'm like she was you were on something futuristic like back then so I yeah. think that the young people are like you know your audience <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's, mm -hmm. it's almost like because I could hear um, a lot of the lyrics, you know, the frustration, the, what was expressed was frustration, right, of a lot of the current conditions, which are yeah. still conditions and have gotten worse in many aspects and gotten better in some aspects. But I hear just everything that's going on now. I hear it in your music then. And I'm like, wow, she was so far ahead, like so far ahead. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's may have something to do with it can you speak about like i don't know just like being like i'm, I'm gonna say like a black futurist maybe in hip-hop wow um i mean honestly i can't i can't speak to it like i claim it you know like i know that's what i am um when i rhyme even 20 years ago it was basically like what i felt it was just what i felt um whether it's uh, looking into the future or dealing with the present, it was just pretty much what I felt, what I, so, you know, some from, my, I think now as I'm older, I put more of my personal experience in the music, but beforehand, it, some of it was personal experience. Some of it was experience of other people just from observation. Um, a lot of it was knowledge and information that I learned. So, you know, a lot of times when it comes to truth, truth don't get old. Mm -hmm. you know, think about truth. Like the truth is the truth and it's going to be the truth. Once you die, once I die, once, you know, the next generation comes, that's still the truth. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the saving grace that, you know, helps me to not, you know, um, I guess fade out or seem as though my rhymes are old school or seem futuristic in a way. Yeah, and um, your new project, Mother Tongue, I want to like get into it like a whole bunch. And you, okay, first I got to ask you this. How many of the songs did you produce on this current, the project itself? On Mother Tongue, I believe I'm going to have to grab grab one of my CDs so I can look at it. Mother Tongue. Okay. Yeah, cop that. Cop that immediately. Get that. Bandcamp. Go to Bandcamp and get it. Spend the the dough. And, um, okay, so on this album, I produced uh, Keep Six Feet. I produced Late at Night, co-produced with Mark Swami Harper. I produced When Things Went Wrong and Therapy. So I did four. I produced four. And is is it 14 tracks on that one? It's 14 tracks, right? Okay. So that is that a departure for you to like do let produce less tracks? Because didn't you produce like most of your other projects? Did you on the other projects did you produce like all the music or did you work with other producers before? Because I kind of know you also as a, a a MC producer. Right. I did on my previous albums. A lot of it was me producing with maybe like two tracks from other people. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I think I did that a lot. One of the reasons I did it was very early. I've been doing music since I was young. And ever since I was 10, 11 years old, I've tried to put together groups and bands, you know, uh, whether it's a hip hop group or an actual musical band have different people who have talents come together and, you know, do our thing as a band and a group. And every time I tried that, it was always drama. You know, it's like the more people you bring into the mix, a lot of the times, I'm not saying all the time, you know, if everybody's on the right page and same accord, things could flow smoothly. But the more people you bring into the mix, the more problems, you know, the more opinions, the more, you know, just things that could kind of go wrong or hold you up. So I think a lot of the reason I did that is, number one, I wanted to highlight myself and my own production, but I didn't feel like dealing with all of the extras that came with using other producers' music on your album. Um, This time around, I was just ready for a different feel. You know, I wanted something different. so I had different, and I tried to get a couple of women, you know, several women producers to be on there. That was like my original goal. But I had a, a nice amount of brothers, I think maybe about, I don't want to misquote, but it was about four or five, I think, different producers on this album who did songs. So I was filling everybody's track. Uh, fortunately, I think maybe also because we're older, I'm older. A lot of the people that I was working with on the album were older, so we're more mature. We've been there. We've done that. So it wasn't a problem, you know, getting this album done and working with a lot of different people. It was, it took a minute. It took a minute, but that's simply because I was doing it long distance, you know, during the pandemic, trying not to go to studios and just sending everything. So it took a minute, but 
it went smooth. Yeah, and you know, I want to acknowledge um Alea Harvey Quinn is in the chat. She is on one of your um pieces on one of your projects. Yeah. Um, I heard her voice and I was like, that's Alea. <laughs> I think it was Return of the Super Sister. It had to be, I think it was Ghetto Blues Part 2, maybe. I, I think, think so. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, wow, and it was really a powerful poem yeah. that she did. It was really, it cut deep. Um, that was awesome. And you, you have been a supporter. You know, you're so deep, like... <sighs> You are so deep. I mean, this in a great way, like a loving way, because I'm Aquarius and I love deep people. I love artists that make me think deeply right. and that that challenge my mental. Um, I just appreciate your music so much. And I would love to hear you speak about because you spoke about a little bit of the challenges of collaboration. But you're also very much a community person, you know, rooted in community. So I wanted to, you know, hear a little bit more about, you know, um, you as a person, you know what I mean, in the world as an MC. Right, right. Well, um, you know, I think that a lot of what I have done community wise, it was when I was a little bit younger, you know, some years ago. Um, I'm a mother of six, you know, so that has kind of slowed me up a little bit in getting around and getting out and doing a lot of the things I used to do. So I haven't been as active as I was in the past, working with the youth and, you know, going to different programs and uh, helping out musically in the community. But um, my focus, you know, like I said, right now as a mother, is pretty much around the youth. My music, isn't necessarily for the youth. You know, I think my music is more so for the parents of the youth, <laughs> people who are in my generation. I mean, it's for anybody, you know, anybody who appreci appreciates it, but I'm older now, you know, I'm, it's not backpack hip hop. And I think that's one of the things with hip hop that has been a problem is as an artist, you get kind of stuck into this, hip hop is a youthful um, music. You know, you have to be young to do hip hop. And if you're of a certain age, especially if you're a woman, it's kind of like, you know, uh, are you still doing this? Like, really? Like, y'all need to be, you know, signing up for AARP or something right about now. Um, you know, so I try to push that to the side, you know, not listen to those kinds of people that speak like that about hip hop, because hip hop is a music, it's a culture, it's a way of life. Um, it's what I've been doing and into since I was a little kid. And I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep on until I'm an old lady. I'm going to be old and gray, probably be Granny Earth by then. Granny um, Earth. Straight up. I'm, you know. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. But Granny Earth, you know what? Let me tell you something. I've had the privilege mm. of working with two of your um, young gods. And they transform any space that they go into. And that's only two of that's only two of your seeds. Yeah. And they transform any space that they go into. And my experience of them really um 
made me appreciate you. And so I feel that all parents that are there investing in their seeds, especially the way you do, that's community work. Mm-hmm. You're that's building my, humans for our community. community. That's yeah. my right now, that's my my community because it's a lot. You know, being a parent is a lot. And when you're well, when you're doing it with very little help, you know, per se, it really can take a toll on you. But I mean, hey, it's like, it's my job. That's what I, I'm here to do. I could sit and teach other people and try to inspire other people and do that all day. But what am I doing with my own children? So that's been my focus, you know, community-wise. is just making better people to go out into the community, you know? Yeah. Now, and your music too, right? Your music, I would say your music is community music. For for me, I feel like the mute. So especially, shoot. I mean, we we on like twenty years now with BS um hip hop music. <laughs> Let's just keep it a buck. You know what I'm saying? Let's just keep it a buck. So the music that you're making is actually food. You know what I'm saying? It's like healthy food. It's like if you go, you know what I'm saying, to the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? You have like the organic food. You know what I'm saying? It's not the GMO. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the natural, nutritious food comes straight from the ground. Actually, your food is the food you get from the garden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we need that. You know what I'm saying? We need what you're bringing musically to the pantheon or the spectrum of hip hop. And so now that things are sort of shifting, it's interesting. We talked a little bit before about you being a futurist. Like your music is right now like the future music because the young people they don't want to hear that mess no more Mm. the younger generation like they want what you're giving they want like that thoughtful thought-provoking you know what i'm saying that interesting music Mm. production you know what i'm saying so i would say your music is community music it's for the community like that's your community work too oh yeah Uh, you know what i'm saying i tried to i was um i had another i was sitting down and speaking to someone not too long ago about how when I was when I first started rhyming a lot of what I rhymed was kind of futuristic I guess in a way or kind of planetary kind of high science kind of going above people's head and over time I kind of learned like you know you're going to miss people like that you're going to miss a lot of people that might appreciate your music if you just take your time and relate to them So, you know, again, if I'm not pulling from my own experiences, I'm observing and I'm seeing what's going on around me. And I I pull from other people's experiences, incorporate it into the music and try to come up with something that as many people as possible can relate to without deviating away from, you know, the the essence of who I am. So that's my Mm -hmm. goal. You know, I just try I try to be myself, but I try to reach as many people as I can in doing that. And so, um, and let's dig into, okay, I wanted to go somewhere else, but let's just talk about that motherhood thing for a second, because, um, you know, my organization, we concentrate on women and something that, you know, we had with our open mic, you know, we wanted it to be this space where, 
you know, is for women, like centering women and women have children. You know what I mean? So we we really wanted it to be like a, a, a you know, a, a space where women could it be beyond a safe space, like a nurturing space, you know, a space that is created by the women for the women. And I've constantly had this um, as a conversation with a lot of the women that do have children. And you spoke before about, you know, this idea, like, what are y'all still doing rapping, you know, or as if you're not an MC that like, that's what you do. Um, and, you know, there's all these things, you know what I mean? Like as a, as a woman MC, you know, you, you are uh, put into, I guess this, like, you got to be either sexy all the time, or you need to be um, talking about your relationship to, uh, you know, sex or, you know, as a, as a sexual yeah, being yeah. like all the time. And, and that's, you know, that's a part of who we are. Like, you know, you have a, a, a song on your, you know, project that speaks to that part of our humanity, but I'm just thinking about the fullness and the wholeness of what women bring in general. And, the, and it, you know, not all women, but many women being a mother, you know what I mean? Being a business person, um, being an artist, you know, um, just managing life in general. Can you speak how you've been, you know, uh, moving in, in, in that type of way, like as an artist and a mother? You spoke to it a little bit, but I wanted you to kind of dig into that a little bit more for, you know, people who may be, may be thinking, like, how can I, how can I do this, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, what we talked about in the beginning of, of the show, the podcast, um, that was a big revelation to me in terms of that's what I need to be doing because, again, I'm a mother, you know, I got, um, and I don't have the ability to... I don't have childcare like that. I, you know, none of that. I have children with special needs and ain't no childcare going to take them. And I'm not, I'm not trying to send them to no childcare on top of that. So I don't have those kind of resources where I can go to shows and I can go out of town and I can travel. So it became really frustrating for me to try to figure out like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, continue to do my music career where I can't really get out like that. I can't go do a tour. I can't go get on stage. And, and honestly, I really don't want to, just to be honest. You know, it's like I've been there, did that. You know, I want to take it to another level. And as I just kind of paid more attention, you know, looked and observed what's missing, what's needed, where can I fit in? That's why I realized, like, yo, it's a lot of sisters out here who they want to and they can get out there and they need to be out there. So I said, well, that could be my place. Not that I'm going to stop doing music myself, but I could be like a spokeswoman for the rest of these sisters wishing I had that, you know, when I was coming up. But just a platform for women to be able to get themselves known and get themselves heard and recognized and appreciated for what it is we do and what we contribute. And um, to, you know, to also give myself that opportunity to stay within the realm of music, but not make it too difficult on myself, not, you know, try to do things that I know I really can't do right now because of, and the pandemic doesn't help either, you know, but that I think you got to be creative when you're a woman 
we don't have that many options when it comes to a lot of things. You know, when it comes to how you're going to make your money, how you're going to take care of your family, um, we don't have that many options. But you got to be creative. So that's what I, I mean, basically, that's what I can tell sisters out there that's doing their thing and they're trying to figure out like, yo, I'm a mother and I'm trying to do this music or I'm trying to do this business, whatever it is, how can I do this? Be creative, you know, be creative. Like you say, you tried to start a, or you did start the program where it was like a safe space and a place for women where they could come bring their children. You know, we need to form more unifications and organizations like that that has women with children and responsibilities and all the things that come with womanhood. It keeps those things in mind and it caters to us. We don't have that. Yeah. Maybe me and you need to collaborate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I support you and you support me and we'd support people. You know what I'm saying? I want to um, say what's up. So Rebecca, um, Dr. Farugi is in the building. She's written a book about um, women in hip hop, um, Oakland University. And then also um, uh, it, it's called Women Rapping Revolution, get it? And then um, Sterling's in the building, Sterling Tolls. He said, um, Nigeria is one of the greatest from the city, period. And this is from one of Detroit's, you know, producers uh, that, you know, uh, supports hip hop and loves hip hop and is deeply entrenched in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to, um, you know, take it to your album. You're so interesting. There's like 50 million questions that I want to ask you. I get <laughs> come on with it. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, um, but I want to take you to your to your music because, like, a lot of people here be, are here because they're fans of yours and they love your music and they love your artistry. They love you as an MC. But just before I get to the actual project, can we please have a conversation about being a real MC? And being an MC from Detroit and being a legendary MC from Detroit, being a lyricist, okay, an actual, you know, thought-provoking writer, um, someone who um is a master at your craft. You've been at you've been around the history, you've 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 done a hip-hop shop. If people take a quick Google to your name they know that you've been in the movie eight mile they know you was with the jizza yes from the legendary wu-tang clan on a project and you know they can they 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 can see you know your your deep you know history but i want to talk about your you as an mc can we get inside your mind for a minute and your experience and, and what that was like you in my mind y'all get lost you wouldn't know how to get out <laughs> So we're not going to do that to you today. <laughs> just a peek, just a peek. Because just I'm trying peek. to I'm trying to imagine like people got to understand. Okay, y'all got to understand. Back in the day, you could not step into the 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 you know, MC arena unless you was really an MC. And so you come from that. You don't come from the like I wrote my freestyle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's a no-no. I mean, well you said it all right there. You know, when it comes to lyricism, I was fortunate, you know, that's the best way I could say it. Cause I didn't plan to be born when I was going to be born. Um, I didn't plan to have the genetics that I had and have a, a father who was in the music. And I grew up listening to him do music and I'm from Detroit. I'm from Motown. So I had Motown playing all the time. 
And fortunately, the time that I came up and I was of age to like really start, you know, choosing what kind of music I wanted to listen to, what we talking late eighties, early nineties. So we're talking, oh my goodness, you want to talk women in hip hop? We want to talk about women in hip hop, like late eighties, early nineties to the mid nineties. Oh my God. I was looking back at videos on YouTube, just like looking back at women in hip hop videos. And when you look at all the different women, you know, we can go back Sha Rock, you know what I'm saying? We can go back um, Roxanne Shantae, you know, we can go back Salt and Pepper, MC Light, Queen Latifah, you know, we can go to the more current ones in the, in the later 90s, Lauren Hill, Bahamadia, uh, we can just keep going and going, Eve, right? Every one of these sisters, every one of them had a message. Every one of them overall covered their bodies. They weren't talking about I'm a hoe. You know, I'm, can I curse on here? Yeah, I mean, it's hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> um, they weren't coming with that. I'm the baddest bitch. You know, I'm a hoe. Um, I got the wettest this. You know what I'm saying? I could do this with my tongue and all the rest of that. Like, they was talking about who you calling a bitch? Like, who you calling a bitch? I ain't no hoe. I'm not giving it up on the first date. I'm not easy. Respect the woman. That's the kind of stuff that I was listening to coming up. And when it comes to the brothers, the brothers was coming with high power, flames. They were coming with intelligence. They were coming with fun, everything. Like if it wasn't intelligent, it was fun. Until gangster rap came in. Then that's when it kind of, you know, I was still into a lot of it, but that's when things started to like, you bitch, you this, you that, and it started to get more negative. But fortunately, I, I just came up at the right place, right time for me and right genetics, right mother, right father, right experience. And so what gave you the gall to jump in the cipher? <laughs> I, it's like, I knew I could do it. I just always loved hip hop. You know, I was always um, trying to write songs. I started off thinking I was going to sing and then I started getting into rapping, especially when I saw Salt and Pepper. That's when I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Women are doing this. I started writing, doing my thing, and um, sharing it with friends and family. And of course, you get feedback. And, you know, people was letting me know, like, you know, you good at this. You good at what you do. You, you nice. So I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it and doing it. And I built up enough of a confidence to, you know, know that I could do it. Yeah. And so you were a part of the hip hop shop history, the legendary Detroit Hip hop shop that was on seven miles. Hip hop shop for a minute, like for oh, a wait. Week. Okay, tell us about your <laughs> hip hop shop experience. <laughs> I wasn't too good at folding up the t-shirts and stuff. I had a hard time getting the folds right for the t-shirts, so I think they kind of let me go. But yeah, I was there for about a week or two working, and then I would always come up and do the open mics and stuff like that. So yeah. So tell us about those open mics, because those open mics now are like. They're legendary. Man. That's a part of like Detroit hip hop history. If we talking about, I mean, hip hop shop, for me, my biggest, biggest experience and the most memorable one that started me off with open mics was Cafe Mahogany. You know, Cafe Mahogany, um, 
wow, like that was huge. Cafe, I was so heartbroken when it it wouldn't ended. When it ended, I was heartbroken. Uh, Hip hop shop. I wasn't there as much as I was Cafe Mahogany because when the hip hop shop, the original hip hop shop was going on, I think I was like 17 or I was like in my late teens. I wasn't quite an adult yet. So I couldn't really get, you know, out and about and be around grown folks like that. Like, you know, but once Cafe Mahogany, when they were doing the open mic there, I was of age and, you know, driving around and doing everything. So that's really where a lot of my experience, and then of course, the legendary love month, you know, and hosting the open mic there, doing that. And then from there, I mean, I went to like almost every hip hop night that we used to have. I mean, C-Note Lounge. I mean, I go to Ebony Showcase Lounge. Like, it didn't matter if they was having a little open mic at a bookstore. I was just looking for open mics. I was like hungry, like where the open, I'd be calling up people like, where the open mic at tonight? Where the next open mic? Ain't no open mics on Tuesday, what? Who got no open mic? So that was the place to be in 1990, hip hop, early 2000s in Detroit. Open mics were everything for hip hop. Yeah, and you are like, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you mention like an MC or something like that, people will be like, hmm. <laughs> you're, you're one of those people it don't matter who I mentioned it, they could be you know backpack you know lyrical fun silly street 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 you got respect I mean everybody respects you like you earned that like just off of your skill you know what I'm saying I, you know i I'm appreciative, you know, I'm definitely appreciative of, of all the love and appreciation, but um, they know, you know what I'm saying? They, the, the real ones know, they know the people might not, just like with anybody else, you know, you might not like a particular person's music, but when there's somebody who's an MC, you know, you know, they are MC. It's like, there's not no, oh, she can't rap kind of thing. It's like, that's not even a question. It's not even a question of if she can rhyme or if she's an MC. It might not be your cup of tea, but no, I'm I'm definitely um respected when it comes to MCing. <laughs> you respected more than <laughs> like ninety nine point nine percent of people that rap <laughs> in the world. Dang, nah, it ain't that deep. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. Yeah, cold. People respect you, people respect you, and 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 it's. Is very deserved and very warranted. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so let's get into this. Let's get into this music. Um, now I really like. I love all of your tracks. Like they have me really thinking. You know, deeply. Um, but I want to start with the most recent project. And can you? You and and I do want people to go to. You have one. Um, your YouTube channel. You do have an entire um album um release and a whole album breakdown so um we don't have to mimic that i want people to go there and um and 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 see that and and like that and share it like share that out because it's really dope but i want to kind of get more into a little bit of the um like your process and you know um tell us about the making of you know what i mean um this this entire project here and it's fire by the way 
Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, well, this album, this one came about kind of interesting in an interesting way. I didn't originally plan to do an album. Um, we were in the middle of the pandemic and I don't know, maybe it was like a year into the pandemic or a little bit less, maybe some months. I'm, I can't recall, but I was, um, I was definitely about to lose my mind. You know, like I think a lot of us were. Um, I'm one of the people who chose to stay home to, you know, like just, I'm just going to distance from people. Like I, I don't have time to deal with this COVID virus thing. I got young children and I don't have time for that. So I chose to basically shelter in place for about two, three years and stay away from this virus that is going out there because I don't know what's what it is and what's going on. And um, during that point in time of, you know, being sheltered and I told myself, like, I got to I got to make some music like I just got to write, you know, not necessarily to put out nothing, but I got to create so I don't lose my mind. So I just started creating. I got some beats from um, actually it started off with a beat I got from my brother, Lord Josiah. And actually, my brother, Lord Josiah, has a new album out now. Time waits for no one. So you know, I know he's all over band camp and everything else. So look up Lord Josiah, Time Waits for No One. And he sent me a beat, the beat to the title track, Mother Tongue. And I started writing. You know, I, I love the beat automatically. And I started writing. And I came up with the song Mother Tongue. And after I came up with it, I said, ooh, okay. So... I'm ready, you know, like I'm ready. I'm in my writing mode. This came out beautiful. I think I want to go ahead and put together a project and I want to call it Mother Tongue. So that's pretty much how that came into be. It's like, it wasn't planned to be an album originally. It was just planned to be therapy kind of for me to feel like myself again and to, you know, not deal with so much anxiety and stress and all the rest of that. And then it just turned into an album. And that beat, you know, your music is pretty, um, I want to say like, I want to say it's intellectual because <laughs> it's like when you listen to the the music, there's a lot going on like in the music. You don't really have any of those kind of like simple beats. It's like just two things going on. You know what I mean? Like the I call them like kindergarten rap. Like you don't have any of that. Like even like. It's like your the musicality actually matches the lyricism in terms yeah. of complexity and things like that. That and that's another reason why when you asked about the production, I came up in the concert band in, in school, all the way from elementary school, from playing uh flute, uh playing percussion, um, all the way through high school. So I played in a concert band where you have trombone, tuba, clarinet, flute, trumpet, you know what I'm saying, saxophone, timpani, all these percussionists, you have different layers, violins, cellos, like you have all these different layers of instruments. And that's just like a part of what I learned musically. I've, I've learned to be attracted to all of those sounds, just the beauty of all of those sounds coming together to create something. 
So a lot of the times when I pick beats or when I create beats, they can sometimes sound kind of loaded, you know, <laughs> it, could, it could sound kind of orchestrated or, you know, for some people it might be too much, but it's attractive to my ear. It's like, that's what attracts me and that's what helps me to create what I create. Yeah. So the mother tongue beat, you know, um, it almost, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like how it sounds like it has this kind of sound like, um, are those vocals? Like, is that a vocal track? That, that, uh, oh, yeah. I want to say it is. I'd have to definitely, um, speak to the God, Lord Josiah. Mm -hmm. about you know, the sample and exactly where it came from or what it is. But yeah, I definitely want to say those are vocals, some kind of uh, vocal sample, almost like a choir, it sounds like. It's like a choir, right? Mm -hmm. it and it like kind of sounds like, I mean, everybody have their own imagination, but it's like, when I hear it, it's like, I hear the earth. It's almost like you're, like when I hear the mother tongue, like, so for me, that song feels like it's the mother earth speaking to her children and it's yeah. like it feels like those are the children of the the earth or the children of the mother you know um like getting this food or getting this word or getting this wisdom that, um, tongue <laughs> that tongue lash the mother mother tongue you know? <laughs> yeah. but it's just you know and 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 i feel like all the songs kind of have that like that the music is also speaking mm -hmm. you know what i mean when i put the album together i had a goal to have the music not all sound the same but kind of be on the same vibration that's what i wanted i wanted a like almost the vibration of the earth the vibration of you know of a woman you know the vibration of a woman who had some shit to say, you know, and that's who I am. I love it. Um, <laughs> what's your, it's, this is like a dumb question, but <laughs> what's your no, favorite? No I feel you. It's like, I always feel silly. Like what's your favorite song on the, on the, on the, on the project. But it's like, what are you talking about? It's my project. But if no. you hear the same, like, but you do have a favorite. No, that's a great question. That's okay. I okay. I've struggled with that. I've struggled with that. Let me see. I'm going to say it's probably it's probably a couple ties for me. Um, the first single that I dropped was Y-O-Y. -Y. I love that. Yeah. I love it because it's a Y, then a oh No, it's like Y dash O dash Y. So you have yep. to kind of, because when you saw it, it was like, yoy? But then I was like, right, right. <laughs> So I, um, that one, after, you know, for a minute, that was my favorite song. That was my favorite song. And, and that's then, the single on there. Yeah. Cause, it, cause it, it's, it's put out as a single as well. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the single. So it's like, that was my favorite for a good minute. And what else have I really gotten into? I really, I got into I'm healing. Okay. Really let's talk about healing. that. Let's talk about okay. I'm healing. That you song is so funny. Okay, first of all, can we please shout out Mecca? Because Mecca, <laughs> let's talk about Mecca. Because Mecca is on like how many projects is Mecca? Is Mecca on every project? She's on every project, right? <laughs> like, 
She's like a co-star on your projects. Like, I feel like, remember um, Sweet Tea and Jazzy Joyce? I feel like Mecca's on there. I feel like Mecca's I'm on there. Recognize on that. Project. I, I was waiting for somebody to ask me about Mecca and just, you know, pull Mecca out. Like, what is this with Mecca? Um, Mecca, I don't know. Mecca is like my alter ego, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, but you know, Mecca, Mecca is always, that's always my voice. It's nobody else. It's Mecca. That's me. Um, but Mecca is, it's like, you know, she's that friend that every sister has, you know, every sister has that one friend and she's always, you know, kind of poking at you, kind of poking at you, poking at you, um, trying to encourage you to, and sometimes it might not be the right encouragement, you know, it might be something that's not for your greatest good but she has good intentions so mecca is like that sister that you know she cares about you and she wants to try to get you to get out there and do things and so forth and so on um but mecca you know sometimes she gets a little out of control and a little you know ahead of herself and i, I love mecca like i'm like this is the greatest thing ever um, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. And she's like, if you get all of the Njiri Earth projects, she makes an appearance. Yeah. Consistently. Exactly. Right? That's my girl. Okay. Yeah. I love her. Um, <laughs> the wise, is she Mecca the wise one or something like that? Or just Mecca? She's just Mecca. That's just, okay. that's just Mecca, you know. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, Okay, what's an, what's one of the songs that you feel you gave like challenged you the most? And it can be challenged in any sort of way. Mm. Okay. The most when I drop my I drop my CD just that quick. I got to look at all my songs here. The one that challenged me the most. That's a good question. Um Wow. I'm going to say the one that challenged me the most was Keep Six Feet. Oh, my God. Um, I, can we talk about this concept? Like, that song is so funny. I don't know if it's, is it supposed to be funny. I mean, I put comedy in almost all my songs. If you it's sure not do. Over, yeah, I try to. Because <laughs> we got to laugh, you know? We got to laugh at this. That song is so funny. Can you please tell us about this song? Well, Keep Six Feet, that... Okay, so keep six feet, and I hope I don't, well, I guess it really doesn't matter, but um, I always wanted to use a sample of Vanity. If, if any of you remember Vanity with Prince and so forth, I loved her music from her album Mechanical Emotion and all of the different songs. I just like that flavor and that style. And so when I finally came up with Keep Six Feet and I used that sample, and I don't even know what she's saying in the sample. I don't know what that sample said, but it has a nice little little ring, a little flow to it. So, of course, being in the middle of the pandemic and one of the things that we hear all the time or we heard a lot all the time, not anymore since the whole vaccination and everything like that, but is to keep six feet distance from people, you know, so that they don't spread the virus to you or whatever else. So I said, okay, that'd be a good little, you know, little catchy hook to kind of 
throw into it. So, I, you know, I just kind of put it together based. It's not really a specific. There's not really a specific theme of the song. You know, that's one of the songs I would say that doesn't really have a specific theme. You know, you could say it's about keeping six feet, but oh, you know, I'm not really talking about COVID, really. I'm not talking about the coronavirus. Yeah, that's what made it funny, because, like, when you listen to the lyrics, like, you actually are, like, naming <laughs> Can you talk about that part, please? Where? Which part? Where? Which, um, I think it's, like, towards the end, when you just start naming all the, the people or what you need to keep six feet from. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I've been trying to think. Because that had me rolling. I was driving. Is it within the rap or is it like a separate part where I'm just talking? No, it's like a little part you like talking and you like, I, I'm trying to think, like, I was trying to remember the lyrics, but I just. Yeah, you might have to rap the whole song or something to try to remember it. <laughs> but it just had me laughing because, like, you took a concept, which was. Or you took a a phrase, I guess, that is for something totally different. And then, but the way that you used it, it was in a way of like all these people and things we need to keep six feet from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I guess, I guess in a lot of ways, kind of what I was aiming towards, because a lot of what I talk about is, I talk about, I talk about, I don't want to say religious I don't want to too much, you know, poke at religion, you know, like I'm saying, keep six feet from it. But it's kind of like, you know, like, okay, like with the first verse, um, I'm saying I got a curse for the devil. Unified front brainwaves, next level definition of a rebel. So that kind of is related to what we were going through, but not exactly the coronavirus thing. If you remember, and it seems like a lot of people kind of forgot about it because we don't talk about it, but in the beginning of the pandemic, we had all of those different things, you know, all of the, um, what was it that, what, what do you call those things that we had? The, um, um, the protests, all of the different protests that we had, the Black Lives Matter, all of that stuff going on and all of the brothers that were getting shot you know what I'm saying it was more shootings taking place consistently and um then we start hearing miscellaneously about hangings of black people taking place um so it's like we went through a lot through these past almost three years now and a lot of what I was speaking to in that song was kind of related to that it was kind of related to a lot of the social justice kind of issues that we were dealing with at the time yeah oh wait you still there yep okay yeah uh-huh and so yeah like that song that song like you said it, it goes in some different um subject matters and so it does make you it does make you think about yeah just like what are what are some more things that we need you know the song questions like what are some more things that we need to be keeping the six feet away from I mean, that as well as it was kind of like me as well, kind of like letting people know, I guess it's almost. A, and, you know, because when you're an artist and you create a song, that's another thing. You want people to be able to relate to it. So it's like if, if I'm creating a song and I'm saying, 
you know, uh, keep six feet, you know, stay away. Like I was saying, I, I think that's what you're talking about. Like at the end where I say, um, I was talking about different rappers. I think I started talking about rappers and, you know, how they're into a whole bunch of different crazy things that I'm not with. And I was saying, y'all crazy, stay away from my holy babies and all the rest of that. You know, that is not, I'm pretty sure it's other people who feel that way. You know, I'm pretty sure there's other people who, when they go places, and I love people, you know, don't get me wrong. I love people. I want everybody in this world to be happy and healthy and live a million years or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But just do that over there. You know what I mean? Just do that over there, away from me, back up, you know, <laughs> keep your distance. So a lot of that song was kind of related to that, too. It was like, you know, I'm keeping more than six feet. I'm staying my butt at home, staying sheltered, you know, stay away from this, stay away from that. Just back up, back up, give people their space, give people their respect. You know, that was kind of what the general purpose of the song was revolving around. Mm -hmm. And then name um, the song where, and it might be like <clears throat> trying to name which child you love the most but name the name the song you love uh the most for your production oh for my individual production yeah on this album yeah i was very proud of um i was proud of keep six feet i i was proud i was able to put that together i was proud of everything i did but when i got late at night late at night and Mark Swami Harper, my brother from another mother. Um, and Mark Swami Harper was on my first album, Super Sister. Um, last Friday at the Plaza, he played the, I think he played keys on there. I don't think he played guitar, but he played on that. He also played on Pipe Dreams. He was the guitar player on Pipe Dreams. And um, so I got with Swami for Late at Night who also has my brother, uh, Cliff Notes, Cliff Note on there, another Detroit legendary MC. So, um, and I know he has an album that recently came out. I don't want to misquote the name of it, but look for my brother Cliff Note for his project as well. Yeah, and Cliff Note was in the chat just, just today. Okay. Oh, he, he left. Was, he was on, on watching this now in live. He can, okay. Did he, did he leave me? Did he leave me or he's still there? He's Let's see, you still... You still there, Cliff? <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever, Cliff. Whatever. Whatever. But no, um, late at night, I was proud of the way that came together because after it was something missing. When I originally put it together, it was kind of like you he know, said, like note to self. He's there. He's in the chat. He said note there, to self. Note to self. Thank you, Cliff. Um I didn't want to say it wrong. I was gonna say like self-notification or something. Note to self is the name of Cliff Notes album. Check that out. But late at night, when I when I first put it together, it was like, it was kind of simple. Like it was, a, you know, it had like bass, it had a sample, and it had some drums. And I think that's all I had. And I was listening to it, and I was like, man, this needs something else. Like this needs something else. So I thought of my brother, Mark Swami Harper. And I mean, when Swami touched it, though, see, I'm, I'm going to have to make like a remix so y'all can hear everything that Swami put on there because when Swami touched it you 
you think I'm talking about orchestrating music, man. This man had all kind of like horns and all kind of, I had to take some of it out. It was too much for me. I was like, yo, like Swami, that's dope. But I can't rap on that. Like that needs to stand by itself as a musical piece. So I had to take a little bit of it out. And, but when I blended what I did keep from Swami with my music, it just came out. It was like a powerful, funky little grown folk music kind of song. So I'm I'm really proud of that one, how that came out. Yeah. And <clears throat> we were talking earlier about your um your production. Um are you like a MPC kind of person or are you like where Pro Tools or what are you working in to make your beats? And how has that evolved over time as well? To make, and, and no disrespect, you know, to when I shook my head to, M, you know, NPCs when I shook my head. But again, I'm, I'm not to take away from anybody to use NPCs to say they're not, because there's plenty of musicians that use NPCs. And I'm probably going to get me an NPC one day. I've been looking at um one of these little MP, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an MPK or what. But it's one of them, like, uh, Akai's that have keys. I'm a keyboard kind of girl. I've got to have keys. I cannot do, I mean, I could do the pads, but it just feels so unnatural for me. You know, I'm used to playing pianos and keyboards and musical instruments. So I need to be able to see my notes when I'm playing. So I'm, uh, I started off with the ASR-10. Um, for this, I mean, that was like years ago. That was Super Sister and maybe my second project. And um, right now I'm still, the album, Mother Tongue, I think everything I did was from my uh, my chord. It was from, my, uh, what's this thing called? It's sitting right in front of me. No, I'm sorry, my Yamaha, my motif. So the motif is what I was using for my most recent project. But I gotta have keys. I just, I gotta have, even if it's some pads on the machine, I've got to have some keys. Yeah, so <clears throat> can we talk about production for a minute now? It's interesting to me, you know, there's, I love production and I really love finding women producers, you know, like yourself. Um, can you talk about being uh, a, a producer because it's you know there's the you know I recently I don't know if you saw the Kanye documentary um and he the um Cootie was the documentarian his boy so in the beginning stages you know um Kanye was going through the struggle of um trying to be taken seriously as a MC or a rapper you know because they just wanted the beats from him and I guess um through a certain period of time, there was like a a thing like, okay, a, a rapper or MC doesn't make beats and they shouldn't like, you know what I mean? Like that was like a, a thing or mentality. So I would love to understand from you and your experience and your perspective, um, like what that was like for you. I mean, and add being a black woman on top of that, um, <laughs> you know, being, um, I want to say, I shouldn't say taken seriously, but yeah, I'm not sure like how to really put it, but maybe being taken seriously, you know what I mean? In that type of way. Oh, wait, did you freeze? 
ah shoot i think we froze let me see if i can bring you back in hold on let me try to call you But while um, we wait for Njiri, I do want y'all to go to her band camp and get the music. Um, it's called Mother Tongue and Jerry Earth. Um, I think she hopped out. She might hop back in. But um, the project is like really incredible. Like, I mean, I did spend time, you know, going back through all of her projects, you know, over <clears throat> shoot, it's like at least more than, a, let me see, 2006, I believe it's her first project. So you got um, since 2006, you know, all the way to now. So um, shoot, that's almost, it's not quite 20 years, but it is definitely m like maybe 15 years or longer, you know. Um, and she has done the production on all of her projects. So before this one, she was pretty much the, um, Nigeria was pretty much the main, you know, producer. And, um, you know, you could kind of hear <clears throat> all the way through, there is a, a very familiar and similar thread, even with the, even though she's used, even though she has, you know, gotten some other collaborators, you can hear that they are, I want to say fans of her flow and her style, um, because, you know, they, they gave her beats that are kind of similar. Um, I'm going to hit up Najiri just now and see if we could get her back on. Um, let's see. Here we go. Let's see if we can, she kind of froze a bit. And if, when you do get the, um, when you do get the uh, the project, definitely get it from. Um... Oh, that's EP Groove on the line. Hey, Najiri. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, we're still on, and the, and all your fans are around here waiting on you. <laughs> P Groove just hopped in. Okay, all right. So she's come. Okay, so she's coming on, y'all. Um, I'm gonna hang up on the phone, okay? All right, let me see. So yeah, so she's coming back on y'all, but yeah, so um, shouts out to P Groove, legendary P Groove, Detroit, um, producer and MC, you know, from a legendary group, um, that also has some music out, um, some classic music re-released, I should say that, but yeah, um, so Najiri, if you go back and listen like to her previous projects you'll see that i don't know like if if folks on here are like fans of wu-tang um i know she did the song with the jizza but um you could you could probably think that you could probably see her being like one of the wu-tang members i guess if you do music with wu-tang then you are a member of wu-tang um or else they wouldn't put you on any of their projects. But you can definitely see um, or hear like that kind of introspective or serious um, production, you know, in, in what she's doing. Um, and here she is right here. Pop back on. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Sorry, y'all. 
Didn't charge my phone up. Oh yeah. Um oh, yeah. Quick... oh wait, is that oh, me? Oh wait, is that me? Oh no, um oh, no. do you have um, a echo too. Let me see. No, let me double check. And Cliff says and Cliff um no, says, I don't hear it. Now. No, I don't hear it now. Oh I you do. don't hear oh, it. Oh I do hear it. Mm. No, I think I just well, let me look. I got a lot of stuff up. Oh Lord, why do I got this many things up right now? Mm -mm. Well, Cliff well, says Cliff that, says uh, that uh, you have you two have songs two with the Jizza. Yes, we are talking about, talking your, about um, your reproduction. Production. Okay, yeah, I don't see, an, I don't think I have another, um, another chat or anything open. But you let still hear see. an echo. Let me see. Let me see. Check, let check, me see. check, check, check. I do. What I do I want? Is it me? I hung up on you. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, you did. I don't know what's going on now. I got I a lot of windows open though. So maybe close a few. Maybe close a few. Yeah, let me try that. So, um, <clears throat> so, um <clears throat> knowledge infinite. Knowledge infinite. She was the last in on those jizzle tracks, and that speaks for itself. It does speak for itself. Going last. Going last. Do not let you go last. Wait, can you hear what, it? Can you hear it? What's that? What's that about? I heard you say going last on you talking about the one 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 two on the Jizza track. Yeah, so he yeah, was saying so that. He was saying that. Um, that um, speaks for that itself speaks about, for your, about your, you know, lyrical, you know, lyrical uh, sportsmanship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, that was a blessing. I, you know, that was a serious blessing. I didn't expect to ever be on a Wu-Tang Clan project. I listened to Wu-Tang coming up as a young MC and when it happened, you know, it was like, wow, like I'm really about to, I, I'm really in the studio with RZA and Jizza, and I'm looking at like you God and like they're right here in front of my face smoking weed and playing chess. Like, wow, <laughs> like, this, this is a dream come true. It yeah. Was. Yeah. It was. And, it really was. And I want you to talk. I want you to talk more about your. I want to hear about your. And I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be quiet. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, what's what's the question though? What you want to know? So. So. When you were coming. You were coming. Through. You know. You know. You've you've got what like. You got what like. My projects. My projects. Or is this six? Or is this six? Good question. Is this my fifth? One, two. Let's see, I got Super Sister 2020, The Best Part, Return of the Super Sister, and Mother Tongue. So Mother Tongue is the fifth. Okay, so it's the fifth. Okay, so it's the fifth. Through all of that, through all of that, you're a producer. Producer. And and there's this whole conversation, this whole conversation about, about there's no women. There's producers. no women producers. Line. So I would like so you. I would to like you to, to speak being a woman producer, a woman producer all, of that time, all of that time, and being an MC and, being an MC and a producer. And a producer. You know what I mean, like you that. Know what whole I mean, thing. like yeah. that. Whole thing. That's. Um, I'm gonna tell you, being a producer for me has been a bit of a struggle, um, because I. I've come up doing music ever since I was young. And 
one of the things about making beats that I was never really that comfortable with was sampling. I was never really that comfortable with sampling music because I didn't want to deal with, you know, any repercussions of somebody trying to sue you or say you can't use the song. Um, and also I kind of, at a time, I'm not saying completely and always, but at a time I felt that it took away from the creativity that you could express as a producer, you know, to show your ability to come up with your own melodies, with your own bass lines, with your own drum, you know, loops and so forth. Now, one thing that I do and I have done for years is I will use a piece of music or a sample to spark my creativity. So it's like I'll have that sample there and I might play my own little rendition of a melody that matches that or I might come up with my own bass line that I think matches that song. So it's kind of like, once I do that, I kind of come up with a skeleton of, you know, what I hear based off of that music, then I would kind of push the sample out. I push the sample out and then I would continue to create, you know, my own uh, instrumentation on top of that. So I think that in hip hop, at least especially in the, I don't know, because they used samples a long time ago, too. Back in the day, samples were big, too. But back in the day, if I'm not mistaken, you also could hear a lot of original music that didn't have the samples in it. You could hear some of that. You still hear some of it now, but, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that I've always kind of had, honestly, I'm just being honest right now, I've kind of had an insecurity about myself in terms of being a beat creator, you know, making beats that MCs like, where they like, oh, that's dope, yeah, you know. So it kind of, it kind of, I don't know, it's like it took away from me really getting myself out there as a producer because, you know, I'd make the songs or whatever, and you'd have people give their input or their credit of how they feel about it. But it's like I never really got the overwhelming love for my beats. So, you know, that kind of took me now at the same time, though, that took me to a point where it was like, OK, well, fine. Y'all don't need that's for me. You know, that's my music. I don't want to give you all my beats anyway. So whatever. I like it. You know, it makes me create the stuff I create that I come up with. So I've had a struggle. I've had a struggle with just my own. And it's not my confidence in my ability to make music. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I could outdo more than half of these. They can't even read music. You know what I'm saying? I can read scales and everything. But in terms of that sound, that boom bap and that, you know, the sample sound and the certain whatever, you know, I've had um, struggles with feeling confident in my own ability to do that. However, I also can say through the years, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that they love, you know, different music, different songs that I create a lot of the ones that don't have samples in them at all. It's just, you know, stuff that's created off of my own brain. So it, it's hard. It's not easy. And I, I think, too, as being a woman, people don't expect you to make the beats. I think, you know, I don't know, maybe a lot of people don't even know that I make most of the beats or a lot of the beats that I had, you know, on my previous albums, especially. I only do four on Mother Tongue. 
But, you know, I don't think they're thinking about, oh, okay, I wonder, did she do the beats too? Because that's not a common thing for women to do beats. So it's been a struggle. And, and for women to and do the women beats, to that, do you the do. beats that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your beats yeah, are really real. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of gutter. I'm kind of from Detroit, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm from, but I just like that authentic sound. I like that authentic sound. I don't like too much sparkle and glimmer and gleam. I don't like that. I don't like too many samples. You know, I hate when I hear beats and it's like a voice all over it. Like, you know, somebody will just sample. Now, don't get me wrong. I've used some songs that have obvious samples where you're like, oh, I know where that came from. But I don't normally, I don't really like the obvious samples where it's like, okay, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, that's this, that's that. I like to kind of, you know, come up with something new because it's a lot of, I mean, even though there's what, only, is it eight notes, seven notes? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, back to A. So there's only seven notes that we use when you create music. You use A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And, you know, you have the variation of sharps and flats, but it's the same seven notes that we use over and over again to create this wide multitude and spectrum of music from hip hop to rock and roll to country to the same seven notes, orchestrated music. We use these same notes to create all these variations of music. So it just seems like there is a place for that. There is a place for new ideas, for new creation, for new melodies, not just the same repetitive, repeated stuff over and over again. I don't know if I spoke to what you just spoke on, but I, I was just speaking from the heart right then. Yeah. Yeah, always from the heart. Always from the heart. The best. The best. Um, and so, so I wanted to hear a little bit, just a little bit about, about this project. And, and, and I wanted to hear, this would be like my last question. This project. Okay. This project. Who, who is your inspiration? Who is this project for? Who is it for? Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> it was for me. Like, no, really, because like I told you, it started off as therapy. It wasn't supposed to be an album. You know, it started off as a way for me to escape the anxiety and the, you know, just like, oh, what's going on? What's going on with this pandemic? Like, oh, I don't want to get, because I'm telling you, I mean, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I still, I wash off my groceries. Okay. I get my groceries delivered. I don't go to the grocery store. I get my groceries delivered. And when they come to my home, I don't take them from the person who delivered them. I pick them up off. I tell them, just leave them at the porch. You know, I pick them up off the porch. I take my disinfectant wipes. I wipe everything down. I wash my hands. I don't, I'm not playing, you know, I'm, I am not playing with no coronavirus, no COVID, no Omicron, no, you know, I don't care what it is. I'm not playing. Y'all can play, but I'm not playing. So, you know, it's, it's just like that. It's just like that for me. Yeah, and that's beautiful. Yeah, and that's beautiful. I mean, that you I mean, made, that you made for, yourself. for yourself. And then you, shared, and then you shared it. I right? had to. I mean, right. it was therapy. I needed to. I needed to feel like something else than just mommy 
you know, I was feeling like 24 seven mommy. That's all you do. That's your job. That's it. You don't have no nothing else. It's just mommy. And, um, you know, along with all the other scares and stuff that we were going through with the pandemic, it was like, I got to do something to ease me to, to be myself again, to feel more like myself. So the album is for me, but also I think in a secondary way, it's for, it's for my sisters, you know, it's for women. I'm kind of speaking to, I think a lot, some of the unspoken, you know, ideas and feelings that women have, especially black women. Okay. Primarily black women. And then a lot, I, I do speak to, uh, you know, my brothers too. So it, it's not to discount the brothers because I'm sure they'll be able to hear things on there where they're like, yeah, I can relate that. I feel that. I know what she's talking about. Yeah. And yeah, thank you. And thank, thank you for that you project. For that thank project. you for that. No doubt. Um, um, and so I know you guys, so I know you guys got to do because you got to get back to the ring. Yes. And so thank you so for spending you this, for time. this time. I definitely I appreciate, appreciate you. you. Can you give us, you give um, us again, again, because you have this, new, you have podcast this new podcast that you want us yes. to check out. We're going to have all the places, all the places where we need to, where we need um, to um, support you, buy something, and help you deliver groceries. No doubt. Well, y'all can, um, the hub. For any and everything that I do will be www.nigeriearth.com. Okay, and that's my name, N-J-E-R-I-E-A-R-T-H. www.nigeriearth.com. I pretty much have everything that I'm doing on there. Um, but, you know, I'm on Bandcamp. I'm on Sound. I'm on wherever wherever they at, I'm at. You know, wherever there's music, you're going to find me. Apple, wherever. Um, the podcast, that's going to be through... It's through Spotify. They have um, a new platform, a video platform that they started. So I'll be doing partial video and partial audio uh, podcast. The video podcast will pretty much be like interviews. And when I do the audio versions, and that's why I, I got with the whole thing with Spotify, because they have it where you can actually, any of the music that's on Spotify, you can incorporate that into your show. So right now, this is a shout out for any of my women in hip hop, MCs, you know, not even just um, MCs per se. You know, you could be a vocalist, a singer or whatever. But um, if you are interested at all in having your music heard, I mean, I might put your music on anyway, because if it's on Spotify, I could put it on. I don't need your permission. But if you... <laughs> You know, by any chance you got like a new project coming out or, you know, you had it's something useful that we can possibly sit down and speak to you about. You can definitely hit me up on the email for the show. It's the mother tongue show at Gmail dot com. And I'm looking for talent. You know, I'm looking for women. I'm going to try to reach out to I mean, I'm going to try to get Queen Latifah on the show if I can. You know, Lauren, I want to get Lauren on the show. I'm trying to do that. But I also want to also speak to my sisters who are underground, who don't get that notoriety and that push. Um, just women from all all aspects of hip hop. Thank you for that. Thank you and for thank that. you for being, thank on, you the for being on the show. Yes. Um, um, Piper Piper podcast. Podcast. We had the privilege, had the privilege and, honor. and honor. Nigeri, Nigeri Earth. Earth. 
So thank you um, for having um, me. Yeah, we got to do, yeah, do this again. And anything and you anything do, you I'm do, on it. I'm on it. I'm so thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Piper. Love you. Love you love and you love your and babies. Love your babies. <laughs> Peace. Y'all be good. Peace. And thank you to and all, thank the you listeners. To all the listeners. Peace. Peace. Peace.